0: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
2: As a child, I always found comfort with people. It gave me this sort of feel in which I found comfort in. Any scares I would have would go away with people. Whether it be in fear of monsters or vengeful spurts, the joyful sound of the garage door to my house always made me happy. Being an only child myself, I was always scarred because I did not have what I always wanted besides me. My room is where I spent my days. I had a daily pattern, go home, do homework, walk up the stairs, go down the hallway to my room and wait. I would find comfort in playing games online in which players may speak to other players. Voice communication was the best I found for me. While playing those games I would wait for that great sound of my garage door opening. My dog would bark, my mom would greet my dog, and I would then greet my mother when I walked downstairs and welcomed her. This day was not the same as it usually was. While playing some TF2 and playing my favorite class, the spy, the same player would always find me and kill me. Even if I was invisible, I would be slain by this person. Strange, I thought, until I heard the voice. I am always watching. It was very... creepy. It had a deep pitch to it, and it almost sounded like it was all the people could hear. People saying WTF and what the hell filled the side chat. I got freaked out then closed the tab and went on YouTube and started to watch funny videos. Me then thinking the guy was just kidding the whole time to try to explain that to myself. Around 30 minutes later after watching the videos, I heard the glorious sound of my garage door opening. I can tell you I was relieved to hear the blissful sound of it opening. I then I heard the door open and my dog barking. As usual. But then. I heard a sound, a faint cracking sound, and the dog stopped barking. Weird. There wasn't any sound of my mom saying hello to my dog. Silence. What the hell is going on here? I thought as I began to get up from the desk, but at the very moment my router went out. Now I was getting scarred. I ran down the stairs. All that I saw were muddy footprints. No sign of my mom nor my dog, except these footprints. They were red. Dark red. They seemed to drag off into the router room. Around this moment I was freaking out. I started to yell mom as I walked over to investigate where the footprints led. The footprints led through each other. One pattern seemed to lead towards the garage door so I walked towards it. I found that the door was open and so was the garage. I freaked out and ran. I ran straight towards the router room so I could call the police. Dead. It was staring right at me, my dog's corpse, its neck flung to the side. I started to cry and dialed 911. They sent a police squad right over. They investigated and I called my mother and she immediately left work to come see what happened. She came back and we hugged and cried together. The investigators started to look around and as they went into the basement we heard yelling and a gunshot and they scurried back. They called back to the station to ask for assistance to dispose of a dead body. They then told us what they saw. They found a hole. A large hole in which a human could fit through behind our old wardrobe. A fifty-some-year-old man lived in our basement, and, judging by the amount of feces and urine in the corner of this hole, he has lived in there for a while. He would steal a small amount of items we would not notice. Cans of food, small water bottles, toilet paper minimal things in need for survival. He also had a computer in which he probably played with me on. But the scariest thing was, they found my personal items. Used shirts, food wrappers, strands of hair from one of my brushes, toothbrushes, fingernail clippings, photos, and even flash drives of videos me and my friends would make when bored. He was obsessed with me. When they investigated more, they found out that he would use my computer. He knew my steam name he would look through my history and went through my files while i was at school they found out his name joseph meer a son of a german immigrant who went missing around the age of 14. while looking through dna files they found out many cases of murders linked to him all around my age they had been murdered around one and a half years to two years with him living in their house all of them killed then sexually abused He was apparently plotting to attract me by opening my garage door, then he would murder me. Fortunately, he must have thought I had a friend over and ran back to the hole. My mom got a job in which she would stay at home to help comfort me. To this day, I always check my house everywhere in case another man may be living in my house. Since I was 17, I have had extreme scopophobia and am barely able to sleep to this day. This story is not as eventful as the others here, but I thought it was fitting to post. This happened two years ago. There was a normal day on a weekend and I happened to be home alone. I went about my business as usual and planned on just chilling and watching some movies for the night. I was used to being home alone, so I wasn't afraid or anything like that. After all, I took precautions every time and nothing remotely suspicious happened until then. At one point I went on a walk as per usual midday. I usually have my headphones in, and at first I didn't notice that someone was following me. But in the corner of my eye, I caught a glimpse of what seemed to be a silhouette that was matching my footsteps. The person was walking alongside me on the other side of the pavement, synchronizing their movements with mine while watching me. I gathered the courage to face the person. There was an ordinary-looking man, seemingly in his 40s, There was nothing odd, creepy or unusual about him besides the look on his face emotionless, stiff and haunting somehow. I could only bear to look at him for a few seconds as his glance felt really unsettling. I continued walking while turning off my music player in order to be more aware of my surroundings. I kept my headphones in though as I didn't want to tip him off that something was wrong. I don't know why. Out of the blue he turned and started walking towards me. My heart was pounding, but I didn't stop walking. He got close and said something to me. He asked me how my mother was doing, even though a creeping sensation was taking over me at the bizarre question as I didn't know him. I took my headphones out and asked him to repeat. He repeated the question and I said my mom was fine and asked him how come he knew her since I never saw him before. He evaded the question and said that he hopes her and my grandparents solve their family issues which he couldn't have known about since our family keeps their business private, especially from strangers or extended relatives or acquaintances. My stomach turned as I refused to respond and avoided eye contact with him. I couldn't make out his features very well since I was determined not to watch him straight in the face and walk faster, taking a different route back to my house. Very stupidly I looked behind once and saw him in the same spot, but now he was smiling and damn was it creepy. Every inch of my body told me to run, but I refrained, thinking he would be excited by this challenge of chasing me down. I got home and sent my mom a message providing this guy's description as far as I could tell to see if she knew him. She didn't reply, but somehow I managed to calm down by the end of the day. I watched some movies like I planned, and by the time I went to bed I almost forgot about this strange occurrence. That is until I was awakened by a knock on the door to my flat. I was sleeping in the living room, so I heard it right away. I checked my phone, 4 AM, who would bang on the door? An unsettling sensation crept up on me as I was gathering the courage to come look through the peephole. There was a knock again. I finally got up and pulled away the cover off my peephole. There was that strange man, his head very close to the peephole. I cannot describe what a grotesque sight that was. He could see me watching him and smiled. I could make out his features better this time. He had piercing blue eyes, black greasy hair, and a hooked nose. The best words to describe his face expression are creepy and disturbing as his large smile didn't go up to his eyes that remained emotionless and his teeth were really clean and white. He also seemed to be well-dressed. He didn't strike me as a homeless man at all. Me observing him took about two seconds, and then he started waving at me while quietly giggling. That sound and the hand gesture pushed me over the edge. My heart sank and I instinctively pulled away from my door. I grabbed a knife from the kitchen as I didn't own a bat, pepper spray, or a taser. I was walking towards the furthest spot in my house from the entrance when I heard the most horrifying sound. He was trying the door repeatedly, I locked it, thank God. As I heard this, I called the police and explained the situation in a quiet voice. They said they would send someone. A good twenty minutes later, as I was holding tight the kitchen knife in anticipation without daring to look through the peephole again, I knew this guy was still standing at my door. I could hear him breathe. I didn't flinch. When the sirens emerged in the distance, I let out a sigh of relief. As they came, the guy was nowhere to be found. I didn't hear him leave, but I was distracted by the sirens and could have missed it. The police questioned me and I provided the man's description to them. They said they would keep an eye out for him. I couldn't sleep after they left. In the morning my mom responded that she knew no one who matched the description I offered her. I told her what happened and offered a better description of the man. She still had no clue. Two years passed since then and no other occurrence. I don't exactly know what his intentions were and what he knew about my family but I was paranoid for a while. The police didn't follow up. Edit 1. Excuse the spelling and grammar mistakes. English is not my first language. Edit 2. It all felt so eerie and surreal that I often think I must have imagined him or something, especially since I never saw him since, and to my knowledge, he wasn't found. About three days ago, When my mother had left to meet my grandparents who lived abroad, my brother decided to celebrate his summer freedom by going to a local market and picking up a number of bootleg games for our PlayStation 2. We'd had the console equipped with a chip that enabled us to play fake games, since the originals were far too expensive to keep buying. That night we decided to sit down and play one of the games. It was supposed to be a copy of Silent Hill 2, but when we popped the CD into the console, we realized that it was actually a regular DVD with some videos on it. My brother and I, along with a friend of ours who was present, decided to watch the first video and see how entertaining it was, with the resolution that, in the morning, the DVD would be taken back to the guy who sold it to my brother in the first place. The first video was a ten-minute shot of a secluded road. It seemed to be extremely late, and in the shot, which looked like it had been shot really late at night, there was a pair of young women. They seemed a bit tipsy, and the camera followed them at a distance as they walked around the neighborhood, then finally into a building. The next clip was more unnerving than the next. Two hands were using a lock-picking set to try and open a door. All three of us watching inhaled sharply as the lock clicked and the door swung open. There was an unsettling silence as the camera person slid into the house quietly. As the camera panned to record the living room, the person behind the camera began to pant heavily. They then began to make their way into the house. Having found the bedroom, they walked inside, still breathing heavily, then zoomed in on the sleeping woman's face. We recognized her as one of the tipsy women from the earlier video. A hand bearing a knife suddenly appeared on the screen and began caress the sleeping woman's cheek with the knife. The other hand pulled the covers back and started to grope the woman. The knife slowly slid down from the woman's cheek to her throat. All this time, the camera person was breathing heavily. Then the video ended. There were more videos of women being followed and then of houses being broken into. We guessed that the houses were probably those of the women that the voyeur had been following. We watched all of them, getting more and more freaked out, until I realized the woman being followed in the last video was my mother. Judging by her clothes, it had been shot a few days ago, probably the very day she had left for the airport. I began to panic. There was still lots of space on the DVD, which meant that if the voyeur had broken into my house, the evidence would have been on the disc. I began to panic. My mother had been gone for only two days, and I was so shaken that I asked my brother's friend if my brother and I could stay at his house. He readily agreed. The next morning, the three of us returned to my apartment filled with apprehension. The lock did not appear to have been tampered with, and I had to unlock the door to enter. The house looked exactly as we had left it yesterday night, scattered crisp packets and all. I was about to heave a sigh of relief before I saw the message about my bed. In what appeared to be blood, someone had written in capital letters. It pains me that both the ladies of this house have denied me an audience. It pains me so much that I bleed. I called the police immediately, but upon arrival they concluded that the blood was some scarlet nail polish that had been taken from my dresser and tried to brush it off as a prank played on me by my brother and his friend.
3: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: So disturbed that I decided to stay at my brother's friend's house till my mother got home. However, I decided to take the DVD with me as proof and to set up an old laptop in my bedroom that had a webcam linking it to my personal laptop with LogMean so I could see if anyone broke in again. LogMean lets me remotely access any laptop I sync with my regular laptop. I can see the desktop of that computer and use any of the programs, including the webcam. Today evening, as I was accessing my laptop and watching the webcam feed, I saw a shadow on one of the walls. Then a new window popped up indicating that someone was using the laptop simultaneously and had inserted a flash drive into one of the USB ports. I tried to shut the laptop down, but the other person using my laptop opened Windows Explorer to play a movie file on the flash drive. The video was of me walking from my house into my brother's friend's bungalow with my luggage. All of a sudden, the video player was minimized and in the webcam feed, I could see another message beneath the first one above my bed. It read, you dared to keep what is mine. I shall come to claim something of yours in exchange. You will bleed like me. Tonight, my brother's friend's parents are out at a dinner party. I can hear the door front door clicking open, which is strange, because my brother and his friend are sound asleep on the second floor of the bungalow. Edit. I have locked myself in an upstairs bedroom with my brother and his friend. The psycho is in my room. I can hear his shuffling. He's cut the phone lines, but we've called the police using my brother's cell phone. I have the DVD with me. I don't know if I should just throw it away. I feel like the police should see it, but then we'd get caught for buying the counterfeit games. What the hell should I do? Second edit. I can't say much, but the good news is that the cops are here at my friend's house, and we all have to go to the station. The bad news is that the DVD broke. I will try to post something soon. Okay, I was living in this house a few years back that was notoriously weird. One night I was sleeping when I felt something touch me. Thought it was my brother because we shared a room. It was not. He was at his girlfriend's mom's place, in the room alone. Feel a hand on my back again, then a sharp pain. Unexplained scratch down my back. There was nothing on my bed, and it was a memory foam mattress with a pillow top underneath with no springs. Even if there were springs I sleep on my stomach. So obviously I sit up like what the hell, and I see this mass like three-foot mass run from the bedside out the door which opened more than it was, and into the living room where I never saw it again. I, having been already mentally messed over by physical abuse and general just depression, had single-handedly the worst panic attack I have ever had. At it, I forgot to mention I was on the top bunk of a bed. For the animal theories, it has to be an animal that can climb too. I used to live in a very old triple-decker in Dorchester, Maryland, and I'm convinced that someone died there at some point by having a heart attack and falling down the stairs. I know that's very specific, but a lot of weird things happened on those stairs, and I had a disturbing recurring dream while I lived there of standing on the stairs, having a horrible chest pain, then falling, and that's when I woke up, just before hitting the floor. I would hear voices out in the stairwell right before I opened the door, and they would abruptly stop as soon as I opened the door. I was also followed around the house by a small dark figure, but I couldn't tell if it was a child or something else. I would feel and hear it walk around behind me, and I'd see it peeking around door frames and corners. It didn't feel threatening, just curious. The weirdest experience happened when my boyfriend was with me, though and if there hadn't been a witness, I don't think anyone would have believed me. We both saw a large, dark figure quickly back away from my boyfriend as he approached the third floor landing I was on the second floor. The figure had been watching us from the railing, then backed into the far corner when my boyfriend went up the steps. He almost fell backwards in surprise, and we both screamed, Holy F-Shit, and sprinted into the apartment. I never saw the large figure again, but I always felt like I was being watched in that house. I asked the landlord when I was moving out whether anyone had ever died in the house, and he just looked at me with wide eyes and said no, then dropped the subject. So, that's a yes. I lived down a private drive about half a mile away from the main road. I didn't have any neighbors, except for an empty apartment building nearby. It was the middle of winter, and that night there was heavy snowfall covering the ground with a pristine white layer. My family was away for a few hours, and my phone had run out of battery, so I needed to find a way to charge it. Suddenly, the street dogs started barking loudly into the darkness outside the windows. Then I heard a series of loud knocks on the door, as if someone were hitting it with great force. I felt anxious and scared as I rushed to the front door but when I looked outside, there was nobody there. Then the knocking started again, but this time at the back door, which had a glass panel and a motion detector above it. The lights didn't come on, and I couldn't see anyone standing there. Suddenly, both doors were violently knocked on at the same time, shaking them. My home phone wasn't working properly, so I couldn't call the police, and my cell phone hadn't charged enough to turn back on. Feeling scared, I grabbed my shotgun and closed all the curtains in the house so that if someone was outside, they couldn't see me. The knocking continued, but now it reached the windows on the second floor. It seemed to move from door to door. Finally, when my phone turned back on, I called my mom and explained what was happening. She told me not to call the police unless someone actually tried to get inside the house. She believed it might just be some kids from our non-existent neighborhood. After a while, I mustered the courage to open the front door, holding my shotgun to see who was causing all the commotion. I looked outside carefully, but what I saw sent shivers down my spine. There were no footprints anywhere in the snow, not even marks on its surface. When I returned inside, the knocking started again. It continued for about twenty minutes before finally stopping. Even now, I still get really scared when I'm home alone. My parents believe that the knocking was caused by crows or birds trying to crack open nuts and chestnuts against the windows. They said it was a common thing, but it's strange because usually they prefer using flat, hard surfaces. I don't really understand why they would do it against the windows and doors. The year was 2002, and I must have been around 11 to 12 years old at the time. I lived in a house with my two younger sisters, my Nan and my mother. Now my grandfather had passed away, and that's when my Nan moved in with us as she needed some care. Unfortunately, I've never met my father, and we never got to meet him. This situation meant that our family was rather stressed out and dysfunctional, lacking a father figure. However, my mom did a fantastic job. My Nan would have these meetings at the hospital, where she had to get all her health checkups done, including her blood pressure and heart rate, etc. She usually took a taxi to the hospital, which was about a ten minute drive down the road. However, on this particular Friday night, they couldn't seem to get a taxi. My mom was stressing, pacing around the house on the phone with the taxi company, which never picked up. It was rather strange, and back then, we didn't have Uber or anything like that. In this situation, my mom had no choice but to leave me at home all alone and take my Nan to the hospital herself. It was an old car, but she drove to work so it meant that she could take my Nan. My younger sisters were at a sleepover at their friend's house as it was Friday night, leaving me all by myself. I had never been left home alone before even though I was around 11 or 12 at that time. Most people my age had been left home alone before, especially my friends. The thought of having the house to myself excited me, but I could tell that my mom was extremely worried about leaving me alone. Although my Nan's checkups never took more than about 15 to 20 minutes, plus 10 minutes there and 10 minutes back, so we were looking at about 40 minutes, she was still extremely worried. The area we lived in wasn't exactly amazing for safety, but it wasn't a dodgy area either. So, my mother went around and locked every door and shut every window in the house. She told me to sit and stay watching the television until she got back, which I did. I sat on the couch, my mom there with my nan, also sitting on the couch next to me, putting her shoes on for her and gradually guiding her out the door, locking it behind them. I heard the car engine start as they reversed out of the driveway and drove off. It suddenly hit me that I was completely alone. It was a weird feeling. If you ever remember being left home alone for the first time, you'll know it brings a sense of fear, excitement, and almost freedom, knowing that you have the whole house to yourself. Although I had these feelings, I decided to listen to my mom. Even though she would never have known if I chose to run around and wreck the place and do whatever I liked, I decided to sit there and just watch TV. I can't exactly remember what we were watching, but I think it was some kind of reality TV show, something an 11-year-old wouldn't want to watch. Anyway, my mom was too stressed to put on any videotapes or films for me to watch, and they were already late with only 5 minutes to get to an appointment that takes 10 minutes to drive to. Fast forward around 40 to 45 minutes, and I decided to sleep on the couch because I was so bored. Yes, I was so bored that I fell asleep. I was awoken by a knocking noise on our back door. I was really freaked out because my mom had told me never to answer the door to anyone, so I ignored the knocking and sat on the couch. I got extremely worried, and my mind started to scatter all over the place. Even though I was 11, I had good logic and my logical thinking kicked in. Why on earth is someone knocking on our back door? Our yard around the back was very small, but we still had a small yard, maybe around 40 meters by 10 meters. It was extremely small, however, someone was standing in our backyard knocking on the door. They weren't at the front door, they were at the back door. This is what I couldn't understand. In this situation, I realized that I had two choices. I either answered the door or ignored it. Either way, I didn't know if this person was going to continue knocking or leave. They continued knocking, and I was really starting to get scared. The next thing I realized was that they were trying to open the door. The door was locked, but they were trying to twist the doorknob violently. I could hear it all the way from being sat in the living room. Across the living room was the dining room and then the kitchen. This back door was actually in the kitchen and led through to our yard. So I'm sat there, eleven years old, literally shaking at this point beyond the point of tears, wondering what I should do. My mom had put all the curtains and blinds so that no one could see in or out of the house. The knob of the door was frantically moving, and I could hear it being tried to be forced open. The knocking continued for around five whole minutes, although it felt like five hours. Things got really out of control when whoever was trying to open the back door started banging on all the windows. I never remember hearing any calling. Nobody was shouting my mom's name, my nan's name, my name, or my two younger sisters' names. My two younger sisters were both at their sleepover, and my nan and mom were probably still in the middle of the hospital appointment or checkup, or they were on their way back, which would still be 10 to 15 minutes. I didn't know what to do. I could either hide in the house and completely ignore it or take a look. Being eleven years old, my curiosity got the better of me. I decided to go to the back door. However, I realized that something just wasn't right. Whoever was trying to get my attention didn't seem to understand. They could have just gone to the front door. This set off alarm bells in my mind, thinking that it was someone trying to break into the house or check if somebody was in. So, being a bit out there, I decided to grab a knife from the kitchen. I was 11 years old and probably about 5 foot 2. I stood there with a 9 inch kitchen knife, about to open this door and unlock it. I couldn't quite believe what I was doing. A part of me felt like I could have died right then and there. Someone was going to storm past me and possibly kidnap me or steal everything from the house. There wasn't much to steal, considering my family was struggling so I thought this was it. I grabbed a knife, opened the door, but made sure to keep the knife in my hand on the right side that was covered by the door. As the door swung to the right as I opened it, I stood there. It was my two youngest sisters. I couldn't even believe it. I yelled out to them. What on earth are you doing? You scared the life out of me. I was there with tears rolling down my eyes, my face soaked from crying sat on the sofa in agony and anxiety for the last ten minutes. This whole time, it was my younger sisters who had been dropped off. Apparently, their friend couldn't do the sleepover anymore, so their mom decided to drop them off and just not even check if anyone was home. They realized that the front door was locked, so they went around the back, thinking that everyone had left. I will remember this day until the day I died. It was the first time in my life where I felt pure fear.